And now, a brand new episode of Script to Screen, live on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM, made to be heard. Welcome to a brand new episode of Script 2 Screen Spotlight here on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. I'm your host, Alan Mahana, and as always, joining me is the solo to my Chewbacca, Had Solo. Hey, 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 how you doing? TGIF. It's Friday, it's it the weekend. It is a Friday, the beginning of the weekend, the start of the weekend, and my nose is all stuffy. Oh my God, why is it so stuffy, you fluffy? Cause, uh, I don't know what I just did. I don't know either. I'm trying to ignore it. <laughs> that um, was weird. Because uh, uh, allergies. Ah. Uh, yeah, with the changing in the weather, I get all stuffy. Nice. Yes. Interesting. Very fascinating, really, sir. Uh, yeah, well, I try. Yeah. I try. <laughs> um, so we've got a very fun spotlight episode today. Yes. Uh, we're going to be talking about our beloved characters from films or television. Uh, which, that, funnily enough, you ended up choosing film characters, and I ended up choosing television characters. True, which true. is very, very interesting. I just, I just noticed that yeah, actually. Yeah. It's like two ends of the spectrum. Yep, two ends of the spectrum, which keeps things interesting. Um, and uh, you know, and essentially, who they belong to? Uh, yeah. Do they belong to us? Do they belong to uh, the creators, uh, the creators yeah. of those characters? Um, and then we're also talking about the the never ending battle between the between Hollywood and the fans yeah. uh, of film franchises of movies TV shows etc cetera, etc cetera, etc. Cetera. In some cases, the fans fight for good. In some cases, the fans fight for not so good. It's messed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's. I mean, you've again, you've got both sides of the spectrum. True, uh, true, uh, absolutely. You know, uh, which which is uh, interesting and exciting, and it keeps us on our toes, and it keeps us, uh, it keeps giving us uh, content for our conversations. That, that's the, that's amazing. That's, which, that's which, what we want. Yeah, exactly. Which we are very, very, very thankful for. Absolutely. On that note, we're going to uh, uh, quickly hop off onto our first musical break. Uh, this is essentially what happens on Spotlight. We yeah. don't waste too much time. No, we just get get right. We in. just get right into it. We we get going. We get down and dirty. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. It's a little too early for down uh, and dirty. That's Friday, so you know. <laughs> it's five p.m. somewhere. Which brings us to the spotlight of the day, which <laughs> is a beloved uh, Hollywood or beloved movie and television characters. Why we love them. Um, and why do we feel so protective of them? Yeah. So, um, why don't you start us off with your first beloved character? Well, well, uh, I will, I will. I mean, why not? Yeah. Uh, so, so obviously the first character is, uh, Indiana Jones. Obviously. I, 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 I picked this song because, uh, I wanted to talk about Indy. Right. And just, I'm going to kick off with, if you close your eyes and you listen to that song, you cannot... But see Harrison Ford and as Indiana Jones and that person, and he brought me so many memories as a kid. I used to watch Indiana Jones over and over, all all three of them. As a kid, I think I watched uh, Last Crusade the most. Okay, but growing up, I came to love the 
Temple of Doom and right. the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right, more. right. And and he's such an iconic character because whenever you see a whip, you think of Indiana Jones or the hat or, or, or the hat. At one point, I was so into indie that, and this is way back when I was maybe eight or nine. Yeah, uh, I wanted to be an archaeologist. Ah, uh, yeah, because I yeah, thought yeah, that yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. they do. I didn't know that it was a different kind of job. Right, right, right. But but seriously, what an iconic character with that temperament, that uh, the character, that making it up as I go, lighthearted, uh, adventure filled, fun, 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 yeah, fun, and 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 who else but Harrison Ford to, to of course. Play. To play uh, Indiana Jones. Of course. Uh, of course. And, and, I mean, there was the fourth one, which I, I don't like to talk about. Right. I don't think a lot of people don't like to talk about the fourth film. Yeah, it's like there were three Kingdom films. of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. I mean, it had potential. More like it, uh, it, Kingdom of the Crystal Dull. It, it was good, like, in, in certain parts, but I think right. the ending kind of ruined it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when it went all, I don't know, E.T. E. meets yeah. uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Totally. Meets that moment in Transformers where Shia LaBeouf sees all these giant. Yes. Exa- oh, yeah. That's, oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Totally. Yeah. And so, so uh, th- th- that's why I love India. I love because he doesn't necessarily think about what he wants to do. He just does it. Right. It's never calculated, but it always works out. And he always does it from the heart mm-hmm. and from an ethical point of view, because he believes in, in, in what he's searching for in terms of archaeology and, and ruins and artifacts. And who can who can forget that first time you see Indiana Jones when he's going into that temple and picking up that the artifact and then and putting the sand and nothing happens and then the big boulder right, right, follows right, him. Right. You know what's funny is that but we've mentioned this a couple of times that Spielberg doesn't have a lot of flop films and I think Crystal Skull might be the Probably that one. one. Of them, yeah. That it might be that one. Um but you're right, you're right. Uh uh Indiana Indy is is you know it's just, man, it's it's got everything that you want in an adventure movie. Yeah. It's got humor, it's got heart, it's got drama, it's got suspense, it's got excitement. Romance. Romance uh, with, with, you know, like strong women. Supernatural at times. You know, yeah, yeah. With, with Raiders of the Lost Ark, it was completely supernatural. Yeah. Extraterrestrial, although we don't want to mention that. Yeah. Um, but you're right, you're right. Indiana Jones is, it is in fact, a very iconic character. Yeah. It is an... Uh, it is a character in and of itself, but in a lot of other ways, I I think it's also Harrison. Like I, I just, yeah. it scares me. It scares me with the way the world is now, and I think we're probably going to talk about this later on. But it scares me with the way the world is now that it's specifically the industry, and it's so hyped up on reboots and remakes and 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 nostalgia. It it scares me that we're living in a world where if John McClane can now be recast as younger, yeah. What, if, what does that mean for other characters? Right, right. If if Han Solo can be recast as yeah. younger, what does that mean for Absolutely. characters like Indiana Jones uh, uh, or, or or whatnot? Um, it, so it is it is it is kind of scary. It is uh, worrying. It's not scary. It's just worrying because again, like this is why we're having this conversation. Is you know we feel very protective of these characters. Yeah. We grew up loving these characters. Um, so yeah, look. I think under some formulas, the recasting of certain actors works, like James Bond. Yeah, but but then there are characters I think you should not touch. Well, James or play Bond with. was always established as a secret agent yeah. up until Skyfall. James Bond was supposed to be an alias. 007. Yeah, yeah. you know, like. But but that works, and and maybe Ethan Hunt would work in Mission Impossible. 
perhaps I'm I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. But but someone as iconic as Indiana Jones or we'll talk about other characters. In yeah, a yeah, yeah. Uh, stop thinking about and again maybe I'm jumping into another segment. But stop thinking about money, and we will talk about this. Yeah, we in will. more, we in will. more details a bit later. Definitely. How about you? Someone. Well, uh, so because I I'm tackling um um television uh and it wasn't done purposefully. It just happened to be that you know because for me although I love. You know, I, I proclaim that I love movies, not proclaim, I actually do. I love movies and TV shows that deal with characters. When when thinking of who are my favorite characters, you know, um, I don't know why I struggled so much yeah. to try to find a character that I, for me, is just like is everything. So I, I did settle on two characters finally. So um, to start things off, I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, since we're talking about adventure and excitement and all that. I'm going to start with uh, the first, which is Doctor Who. Who? <laughs> Funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Who is is probably... I love that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a character that's been recast multiple times. Mm-hmm. Because the show has been on for more than 50 years now. Um, you know, there, there was a big gap in between at some point. Before it was rebooted in a way or... or kind of, you know, it got a new season. It wasn't necessarily like, cause reboot now means something else, but technically it was rebooted, um, with Christopher Eggleston first, who did one season. And then you had David Tennant who came in and played Dr. Who. And then you had Matt Smith, who's now on the crown and who's gone on to do multiple, multiple, uh, successful, uh, successful things. And then you had Peter Capaldi and now he's been recast, really recast. Um, and he's now a she, mm-hmm. So, um, haven't seen it yet with, with her. Don't know if I'm going to, but, um, Dr. Who is, again, it's very similar to, to Indiana Jones. It's this high octane space adventure across time, across space. Anything can happen. Uh, uh, you know, uh, monsters and, and aliens and creatures and, and twists and turns and, um, you know, the past becomes the future and the future becomes the past. It's, it's just time, you know, it's wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a line from the show. Um, and, and the, the thing that I like most about Dr. Who is the fact that this is a character who, according to the storyline has been alive for thousands of years. He's a time Lord. He's one of the last of his kind. Um, but he's literally a child at heart. And he's so childlike. He's literally just, he's looking at earth, looking at humans, looking at the universe in a way that a child would. And it's so imaginative. And he is so, uh, um, you know, he's kind. He is, he is, again, it goes to the thing that you were talking about, uh, Indiana Jones, which is why I figured this would be the perfect time to talk about Doctor Who. Uh, The ethics, the loyalty to his friends. um, uh, There were romantic storylines with David Tennant, Specifically, there was a, a massive romantic storyline that ended in tragedy and fans went, you know, crazy over that, uh, over that tragic ending to, to Rose, uh, uh, that was her name. Um, so for me, being someone who believes that I'm still a child at heart in, in a lot of ways, uh, uh, the imagination and, and adventure and all that stuff, I love that. Um, that's kind of why I like Doctor Who, um, because of that, because of the fact that it's, it's, it's hopeful. 
Um, um, it's it, children can watch it. Adults can watch it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, there are fans of the series that are that are literally now in their seventies, in their sixties, uh, because they started watching it when they were younger, back when it was like black and white. Yeah. Uh, and you've got the new fans, and for something to do this, uh, uh, it's amazing. It, it's awesome that Definitely. it's crossed so many different generations. So, um. I mean, who wouldn't want to have a, a time machine that's that looks like a, a phone box that's huge on the inside with with that could take you anywhere in time, anywhere in space? That sounds like a lot of fun. It does, does. I, I mean, I've never you know? watched the show, so I can't really contribute. But I do know of the Doctor Who definitely, and I yeah. I have a lot of friends who who've watched the show. And I do know it's an iconic show and an iconic character. Oh, yeah, and, big time. And there's always a buzz whenever the character, the, the actor playing Doctor Who Changes. is leaving. Yeah, yeah. There's always a buzz as who's going to play him next. Yeah, especially and, this year. Yeah, this year is, is b b big, I guess. Yeah. B but again, I can't like give you a lot of input because I, I haven't watched the show, but I do know it's lasted ages. Yep, it has. And uh, But definitely a very, very iconic character. Yep. Who's your second? Well, my second is, well, it's also Harrison Ford. Yeah. I, I, it just, ha it, it wasn't done on purpose. I know, I know, I know. Uh, but my second character is, is actually Han Solo. Go figure. Because Han Solo, you know. Because Han Solo. No, but because because Han is, I think, a lot of the heart of, of Star Wars, the, the yeah. original trilogy. Which is really interesting because he's also the most cynical of the characters. He is, he is. <laughs> and he's, he's cynical and he's... Uh, he's very sarcastic and he's very well he's not he's not very much like Indiana Jones in the sense that he's ethical and and right he he does what's right in his heart right but but sometimes you know he's he's a scoundrel he's, he is uh, he is he, he's the guy in the bar that shot first uh wink but, wink yep but he, but but he's again he's such a fun character he's so lovable uh Yes, Star Wars was always about Jedi's and the Force, but I think most of the kids growing up wanted to be Han. They wanted, of course we did. <laughs> they wanted to be that guy I mean, with the blasters and just you know. All, he also happens to shoot make first, things up. Ask, ask questions yeah, later. Yeah, makes yeah. things up as as he goes. But also the the whole dynamics he has with Luke, the whole dyna, dyna, dynamics he has with Leia. Uh, he is such a such an interesting character, and. Again, they recast him, and they did the younger version of Solo. And Ugh. to me, they, they ruined so many yeah. things. The way he meets Chewbacca is so dumbed down. The, the way he gets his name is borderline pathetic. Right? They, they, they ruined the Hot. mythos of... Are you so alone? Yes. Yes. Okay, oh, Solo. Solo. <laughs> Solo. I mean, come on. Like, you ruined... Which, which makes the shirt that you're wearing so perfect. Because yeah. it's also, you know, like, you never go solo. You never go solo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, again, sometimes when you own a certain character, like when, when a studio owns a certain character... I think they have to respect his legacy and not think about big bucks. Yeah, and this is where it like really links into what we're going to be talking about next. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they, I think people discovering Han Solo, a younger generation right now, watching uh, Solo a Star Wars story could very well be disappointed by who, who who's that guy. He, he will yeah, not. Yeah, I think be, I think if you if you are brought into or introduced to Han Solo via this guy, you, you're and not then you go back and watch, and, and then you go back and watch Harrison Ford. Um, there will be a disconnect. There yeah. will be a huge disconnect. Yeah, it, it um, makes no sense. And and I love, by the way, how 
Solo is interpreted in uh, Force Awakens, the older Solo. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. still very true to himself, yeah. but he has changed. He has evolved as a character. Uh, so so definitely he, he, he makes it on, on my list of these iconic, amazing characters in, in a series filled with iconic characters. Yes, for Indiana sure. Jones is for Indiana sure. Jones. You know, he's the only character. You don't really remember other people. There's Salah, there's uh, uh, Marcus... But in Star Wars, you have Luke, you have Leia, you have Darth Vader, you have the Emperor, uh, and he stands out to me as, yeah. I think, the most iconic character. Well, what's very interesting is that we've always said that uh, um, Harrison Ford always wanted the demise of, of Han, right? Yeah. Uh, he never wanted yes. him to survive uh, after Empire. What's very funny is that um, I, think, I think it was like uh, uh, earlier this week, um, which... Technically, uh, uh, not this week. So, like a few weeks ago, um, um, <laughs> uh, producer producer Gary Kurtz uh, uh, died, um, and he was mm. a producer on uh, Star Wars. He was very hands on producer of Star Wars. He was literally George Lucas's uh, like second in command. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest reasons why Kurtz left is because he disagreed with Lucas. Lucas's changes for Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi was never supposed to be what it was. Yeah. Return of the Jedi was supposed to be much darker. Absolutely. It was supposed to be the ending uh, uh, had Leia going off on her own, Luke going off on his own, but it also had Harrison Ford's death. Yeah. Or Han Solo's death. So essentially it was supposed to survive from five to six, yeah. but then after his saving in six, he was supposed, supposed to, to die, die. Um, which is, is horrible when you think about it. Um, but it's, it's very interesting to see the wor- the way Star Wars changed. Um, you know, there was never supposed to be a second Death Star. It was supposed to be completely different. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was supposed to be less, like, more downplayed. It was supposed to be more focused on the characters and not so much the action. And Lucas wanted more action, and Kurtz was like, but that's not what Star Wars is. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's yeah. interesting. It's interesting. So my second character, uh, uh, beloved character, would have to be the one and only... Jack Bauer. Oh, Jack, yes. Um, 24 is probably a series that I've watched more than once. Um, I love this series. Oh, it's such a I good love show. this series. Um, it was so relevant at the time, mm-hmm. so genius at the time. The, every season topped the one that came before. Um, it did have what I think it was like season six. Season six was just like an off season, mm-hmm. but then the final season was brilliant. Um, the, the the half season it was twelve episodes. No, right? no, no. I'm talking about like the, the the one before live live another day, which was the twelve episode one. But with with him with, with Jack him, Bauer, yeah, yeah, not with, with Jack. The, the, uh, the new guy. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. But I'm talking about like the original okay. season finale, yeah. series finale, which had Jack looking up at the satellite camera, and then it would go to static, and yeah. then it was like you know, it was very boring mm-hmm. uh, in a, in a lot of ways. Jack Bauer, it, for me, is is. I mean, that's a guy you want fighting for. For you. For you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, he was no bars held, no BS. Yep. Come hell or high water, we got to save. Get the job done. You know, no we got to get the job done. We got to save people. We got to protect mankind, uh, protect America, because that's, you know, yeah. most of the storylines, that's where they happen. And how could you go wrong with a character like that? Not to mention, I think. Keith or Sutherland. Yes. 
brilliant performances, Jack. Amazing. I mean, so again, so iconic. Um, what's hilarious to me is that a lot of the people that worked on 24 are now working on Designated Survivor, including the music composer of 24 yeah. is now composing music for Designated Survivor, uh, which is the new show that Kiefer Sutherland is on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was watching one episode. I don't follow the show. I'm not, you know, I like the first season. Second season went a little haywire for me. But I was watching it once and I was sitting there listening to the music. I'm like, a lot of this music sounds so familiar. And yeah. I go and I Google it and I'm like, Oh, well, duh. It's the same you know, group. like it's the same kind of feel. It's this very 24 feel. Um, I, I, I loved cheering for Jack. Yeah. I loved seeing how far Jack would go. He's willing to go. How much darkness is he willing to tap into? And that was a good character to have on TV. True, true. You don't have characters like this on TV right now. No, no. Uh, you don't. I mean... Aside from the fact that the majority of characters on TV right now are women, uh, you know, which is, again, nothing against that. But I'm just saying, like, you don't have a dude's dude on on TV. I think that's kind of why I like Jack Ryan so much, mm -hmm. uh, because he, it kind of gave me that, you know, like, grr, you know, like, uh, badass hero who will yeah. go and... I mean, well, he, he would not do whatever it takes. I don't think he's gonna. He, I don't think he's a Jack Bauer, but he is a, you know, he's a he's a diluted. He's, he is a diluted Jack Bauer. But again, you know, the analyst was activated in season one, so yeah. you don't know where he's gonna go in, in the following seasons, yeah. which has been confirmed that he is coming back. Um, for me, when when they tried to reboot the series with um, the actor from was Straight Out of Compton, Straight Out of Compton, yeah, I forget his name. Um, Corey something. Yeah, yeah, Corey something. Um, it just didn't work. Yeah, yep. it didn't work. Um, and and now there's talk of them doing a 24 prequel series. So before the days of Jack, um, which it doesn't work. I don't know. Um, the rumors were that it was going to be a female lead. <laughs> don't know how that's going to work. Um, because tw again, 24 is about that high octane aggression. That is what it's about. It's a ticking clock, man. But, but here's the problem. They're, they're banking on the idea of 24 and not on the right. idea of Jack Bauer. Not, which, which, I mean, nothing which for me work. excited me more than seeing the trailer and it said, Jack is back. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. You yeah. know, like you can't, ah, it, it angers yeah, me so much. Yeah. Um, now on a lighter note, there is, um, from what I understood from the showrunners, the original showrunners of 24 is that they're trying to expand the 24 universe. So there, there is talk of a spinoff series of 24 that deals with the law. So it's legal cases that take, that occur over the course of 24 hours. Okay. That sounds interesting to me because this is completely detached from Jack and the CIA and all that stuff. So it would be, I think it's interesting. It would be interesting to see legal cases with a ticking clock. I don't know. It sounds interesting. I, I, again, I'm not yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going woo, 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 you know. I'm just saying it sounds interesting. And I'm, I'm a little bit more accepting of that than saying we're going to do a prequel 24 series before Jack or a younger Jack or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, every once in a while I pop in one of those seasons and I'm just like, ooh. My favorite one is the one with the uh, seasons three. Season three had the virus and I love season three. Uh, with the virus. Yeah. Um, but I also love, um, I think it's either season, season five, four or five. 
where it's it's like gas. It's something that has to do with with gas. And at one point, they attack CTU, and you've got people in all these yeah, different directions. There's, and there's there's one of the guys, the big chubby guy. He ends he, up dying, and, and you there's know. The, there's a comic actor I think who's in it who has a serious. Yes. No, no, uh, Sean Sean the guy from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, uh, Sean, Sean Aston. Aston. Yeah, and he dies in it. He dies yeah, in that yeah. season as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that season. It's a, it's a really, really, really good yeah. season. That's it's a very really good season. show. And and seriously, I don't think anyone else should be doing this. It's just Jack Bauer, Keith Sutherland. And yep. that's it. Leave it at that. Yeah. I think there's so much to do and create. You don't need to bank on something. 24 was Either a Either that concept. or just pay him enough money to leave Designated Survivor and come back as Jack. Because I would not say no to that. Yeah. Yeah. Same way I would never say no to John McClain. John McClain, yeah. Um, so here we are uh, talking about the second spotlight, which is a little touchy feely. Um, Hollywood versus the fans, fans versus Hollywood. What's going on in this crazy fandom? Um, you know, you've got the over toxic fandom of things like the Star Wars universe and the DC universe and the MCU, and you've got the Fandom that saves television shows yep. and gets them back, and it's 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 literally confusing. You know, you have such polar opposites. Uh, I think, um, and it's sad that it's gotten so divisive. Like it's gotten so either you know hardcore to the mo- to the point of, of saving yeah. something from pure death, and then hardcore to the point of killing something you know like uh, 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 sorry the hardcore to the point of hurting people and making them go off social media yeah 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 i mean that's that's excessive but but here's the thing so i don't think this is a purely um a fan problem but i also don't think it's purely a hollywood problem i think combination this is yeah it's, it's a pure it's a pure combination it's a pure um i think there are mistakes that are being being made on both sides of the fence. Um, and, and that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it today because like when you get, and it sort of relates back to the original topic that we were discussing. When you get people who are in charge and I'm, I'm not going to name any names. I'm just going to speak as, as, as uh, in general. Yeah. As diplomatically as possible. So when you get people in charge, like directors or producers or, or studio presidents or whatever, yeah. um, Talking down to the fandom, mm-hmm. right? Saying things like, I don't care what the fans want. I'm going to make the movie that I want. That's a problem. Yeah. You know? Um, so you can't, you can't expect that there won't be a reaction from the fans. However, the reaction shouldn't be as drastic as it's been. I think mm-hmm. yeah. people should voice out their opinions. People should say that this is not the way you talk to the people that are literally the reason why you guys are still making these movies. Um, but it shouldn't be done in a way that that's hurtful. I mean, look at us on the show. We 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 don't necessarily agree with everyone. Right, exactly. We never like support uh, what's happening, but we're never like destructive about right, it or right, toxic right, right. about it. There, there's a way and there's a manner to do things. Even from a uh, studio head, to director, etc. There's a way to talk to people, right. and uh, right. the fans have to learn how to talk to 
the, these people too. Right. But, because but, you, you know, when you, when you look at something like Marvel Studios, Marvel has done nothing but support and respect their the, fan base. Absolutely. Um, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Has, has been heard multiple times talking about the fans. Kevin Feige has been, you know, quoted multiple times talking about the fans and his love of the fans, the Rousseaus, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It shows, et cetera. It shows in, in what they do. Right. And then you've got, uh, you know, You've got the Star Wars franchise, which has been problematic because certain people within production are speaking down to the fans. But you've also got the fans also, you know, attacking people like, uh, um, you know, Kelly Marie Trent, Trent, I think that's her name, uh, getting her off of social media, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you've got an entire fan base that boycotts a movie and causes it to flop and, and... in the box office. So this isn't the kind of stuff that I want the film industry to continue experiencing on, on either side. Yeah. You know, um, um, I think filmmakers need to understand that there are certain franchises that are now public domain. They belong to their fan base. You cannot alienate the fan base. Um, does that make their, their jobs 10 times harder because they have to cater to that? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. But you know what? You signed up for it. You know what? You signed up for yeah, it. When like, you buy, this is it, you yeah. know. When you get, you acquire the rights to specific characters or specific materials, uh, people expect specific things from right. you. And you have to deliver them in 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 a, a very casual way. Now, if you want to bring your own twist to to, to that, you you may. You, you, you could do it. But again, there is a way uh, to, to, to present it. I mean, look at and, how... Ter- and, yeah. And, 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 and I think that... There's a bigger problem than that in, in in Hollywood, which is it's all about the money. Yeah, it's all about the dollars. It's all about uh, maximizing profit. It's okay. I'm gonna get this franchise, and I'm not really gonna care. I'm gonna do whatever I can to get seats. And they don't look at the long run. They just look at movie per movie. And I think that's why Marvel is successful because they did not look at individual uh, uh, movie. Bases. No, they looked at the entire yeah, picture. They've, they've had minor, I mean, I wouldn't say massive flops. But, but letdowns, they, they, They've had want. letdowns. Yeah. You know, uh, Thor, The Dark World, exactly. uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ant-Man. Yeah, but again, like if you look at the bigger picture, they're catering to their fans. They're uh, staying true to most of the comic book stories, if you want. When they're taking their liberties, they're doing it in a very refined way without upsetting They're anyone. taking liberties, but they're making sure that those liberty, liberties understand what came before and yep. what came after yes. or what will be coming after. And Absolutely. this is something that Star Wars has to learn if they are going to continue moving forward. Yeah. The reason why a lot of fans did not like The Last Jedi is not because The Last Jedi on a, on a whole is a bad movie, but because The Last Jedi disrespected a lot of the stuff that came before. Yeah. With the prequels, as bad as the prequels are, I mean, I, I like, again, see, this is where I defend the prequels. As bad as they are from a script perspective or, or whatever, when it comes to the dialogue, they still respected where this the mytho, the mythos of Star Wars, yeah. right? They knew where they were going. Granted, I don't like that Anakin Skywalker seems to be the holy, you know, like the 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 child of the the Medicalorians and and the, yeah, yeah. there's no father. I don't like that at all. But again, I like where Anakin's arc leads. I like the downfall of Anakin and Anakin and the rise of, of Vader. Lucas knew what he was doing. He didn't write great dialogue. Again, I repeat that. But there was, 
there was a respect for what, 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 what came after. And he had a plan for the sequel trilogy, yeah. which Lucasfilms under Disney's helm dumped. And that for me is problematic. And I think this is why we're in the dump that we are in today. Maybe, maybe, yeah. perhaps. I mean, I don't know. And again, if, if you want to take the Star Wars examples and look at the fans, I've asked you this question before and b- before I tackle what I want to say, and mm-hmm. I, I've asked you this before, but I think people have become too critical. If Star, the original trilogy had been released today, how would have people reacted? What would have been, would it, would it be as successful as it is today? I don't know. I think today people are being too picky and just too harsh and trying to look. This is what bothers me is when someone looks at something and tries to find things that are wrong with it. Okay. I, I find that very destructive and not constructive. Sure, sure. I, I, it does bother me. So with... Uh, the Force Awakens, it came out, it was a financial success, but there were a lot of people who said that it's a copy-paste of A New Hope. All right. So they tried to do something different with The Last Jedi. Maybe there were things, if you want, that were quote-unquote disrespected in the in the mythos, but they tried to do something different. And when it was too different, then fans were upset. So it's, it's, it's hard to please everyone. Mm-hmm. It's... It's not Marvel. I, I when Marvel started, the characters of Marvel weren't very well known. I mean, Hulk was a popular character. Mm-hmm. Iron Man, I don't think anyone knew. No, not a lot. Uh, yeah. Thor, even less. Spider Man was known. So it, they, it was easier for them to take liberties and to do things in the stories mm-hmm. without being criticized. Mm-hmm. But Star Wars has had such a massive following, and so many people believe that uh, these characters are theirs, and they are. Mm-hmm. But to to an extent where it becomes destructive when it comes to their criticism. Yeah. And and nothing no no one's happy, no one's pleased. I think Look, I, I just think at the end of the day there needs to be a harm there there needs to be balance. Yes. Uh uh um between the filmmakers and the fan base. I think there needs to be um and and you're right to a certain degree I think social media and we've spoken about this before on the show is that I think social media just makes it easier for the negativity to spread. Yeah. Um you know to answer your question do you do I think that the original trilogy would have succeeded if it was released today? To, I'm going to say to the majority yes because the original trilogy had one vision. The original trilogy had a direction. Uh, sure, the Return of the Jedi went through some changes, but it was still, there was vision and direction. The Empire Strikes Back did not deny things that occurred in A New Hope, and the Return of the Jedi did not deny things that occurred in Empire or A New Hope. Yeah, but when Jedi, uh, Empire Strikes Back came out, a lot of people didn't like it. And it took some time. A lot of people were shocked by the idea that a hero could have a villain for a father. Yeah, but, but with time... They kind of sure. got on board. Right. But but it did not retcon things that were said in. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not saying that there yeah. wasn't a shock with Empire, which there should have been. But what I'm saying is, is that it didn't rewrite things that were set up in the first film. It was a continuation of that story. Yeah. And that's where I think there was a problem. So 
having a vision is very important. We've said that multiple times on the yeah. show. The idea of vision, the idea of respecting what came before, what came after, the idea of respecting the fan base. Yes, you're not going to be able to please everybody, but at least respect the fan base. And the fan base, yes, does need to take a chill pill. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And instead of breaking things down, we should be saving things and bringing things up. Exactly, exactly. And I think, um, and I think studios are putting too much pressure on themselves financially. Yeah. And they're expecting results too quickly. I mean, look at Venom, which which came out a while ago. Uh, it's one of the, it's it's the only thing Sony still has the, that's within the Marvel universe. The Venom and all those villains from the Spideyverse, and they just want to bankroll on that and make some money. And so they they release. Venom now, they're going to release the, the Jared Leto vampire character. They want to release Black Cat or whatever. And, and it, yeah, I don't, I mean, it, it, just, just to make this, some this money. Hu- no. Again, this hunger for money, this, this greed for wanting to bank is, and look, I'm a big advocate because I say this all the time. I say the film industry is an industry. It is a business, yes, right? Is. But there, there needs to be balance within the industry and there needs to be balance between the, the the hunger. It's like you whine because not a lot of people are going to the movies anymore, but we're not going to the movies anymore because you're not offering us something that is worth going to the movies to watch. The majority of the time, those film most of the films are being are, are big letdowns. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean it's it's I don't know if we've even I don't know if you even found uh, no, you know, I, mean, it, I don't think there ha- there is a solution to this, but I, I thought it was worth talking about on the on spotlight. Yeah, um, at I, least getting it out there. I'd love to hear some of what the screeners think definitely. about this. Um, if you want to want to hit us up on our email, script screen show at gmail.com. Or if you want to email us on our um, social media or message us on our social yeah. media on Facebook. Um, we'd love to hear what you think about this. Yeah. And I just want to add one last thing. Sure. Which 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 is really bothering me, because this topic is annoying. It's that the creation of original content is more and more scarce. Yes, we're relying on franchises and on and books comic books and graphic and, novels and, and book sequels and prequels and, prequels and, yeah, and parallel yeah. universes. Where are the fresh ideas? Where are the movies? You per year you probably get one or two of those movies which are good and refreshing, but that's about it. They're not investing, they're not taking chances, they're not taking risks. Yeah. yeah and yeah, that yeah, yeah. that sucks. Yeah. Big because time. because people will And eventually. the original content, most of the time original content is 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 very depressing. Yeah. And and people are it's gonna like get dark bored. stories. Yeah, people they're like darker gonna, stories. People and, are gonna get bored and and I don't know what I think. We are today in kind. I'm not going to say in a dump because it's too negative, but we're kind of a we're stand, in a lull. We're a standstill. Yeah, there. we're in a lull. We're in a lull. It's a little dip. Yeah, a little dip. Um. So what we're going to do is we're going to. Uh, uh, we're, we're going to be throwing in a bunch of brand new segments for Spotlight episodes. We don't want to stick to just the two, you know, Formats, the unforgettable yeah. scenes and second chance. We want to do some new stuff. So, um, because we don't have a lot of time left. Hod Solo is going to ask me some trivia questions. I'm very nervous now all of a sudden because I don't want to look like an idiot. Um, so he's going to ask me some trivia questions um, and I'm going to try to answer them. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do, what is it, two, three questions? Uh, a few questions, yeah. It's a true or false. Okay, so true or false. I'm going to give you a statement. Okay. And you're going to have to tell me that uh, if it's true or false. And we might talk about uh, if it's true a bit about of the story behind. Uh, behind. Sure. Okay. So since we're going to be talking about it, let's just do two. Okay. Because... We literally 
only have like four minutes left. All right, let's go. So initially in Back to the Future, uh -huh. the DeLorean car was supposed to be a fridge. True or false? I don't know why, but I feel like that's true. It is true. Yes. <laughs> it is true. I had a feeling. It yeah. just sounded so crazy. It could yeah, have been true. Basically, when they first started to write the script, they're like, we're going to use a fridge. And the kid goes into the fridge and then he's like thrown back in time. A, a, a very fun fact is the fridge is used uh, in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull when he hides into that fridge. Oh, that's so that's funny. That's a reference because Zemeckis and uh, Spielberg had always talked about the fridge. Okay, okay, And it okay, made okay. its way into... Uh, being like that's hilarious so so okay nice okay very well well okay number two number two in liar liar the movie starring Whoa, jim okay. carrey okay haven't G seen that in jim ages. carrey has two roles true or false in liar liar jim carrey has two two roles yep i'm gonna say true it is true. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, 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 yeah. The the funny thing in Jim Carrey, and, and it's a blinket, and you'll miss it. Scene. Yeah, I figured so, as much. It would so, be like some like weird cameo or something. Yeah. So he has his character as right, uh, and he has a character that he plays from in Living Color, which is uh, Inspector. He's a fire inspector. Okay. And he's seen towards the end of the movie in the background in the crowd. Uh, behind the, his family. That's awesome. After, and you just see him like within, among people. And it's just, <laughs> That's awesome. It's uh, it's epically hilarious. And uh, so next time you watch it, keep your eyes open. Yeah, yeah. And I like this trivia thing. This is this will be fun. Maybe next time I ask you questions. Yeah, yeah, definitely. On that note, we're going to take our, uh, we're going to actually sign off. Um, so if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so at Al Mahana. And at had.solo. Uh, and you can also uh, check out our website, scriptoscreenpod.com, and listen to us on Spotify and Rami, YouTube, Pod, uh, Podchaser, Podbean, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you for joining us. Join us Thank again you. tomorrow Thank for you. a script to screen news hour. We love you, screeners. We are out of here. Hi, I'm Alan. And I am Hat Solo. And together we can rule the galaxy. <laughs> uh, that might take too much time. Let's talk about films and TV instead. That makes sense. Join us at 3 p.m. every Friday for Script to Screen Spotlight and Saturday for the Script to Screen News Hour. We'll be discussing all the latest news from the film and TV industry. And we'll also enchant you with some of the greatest songs and soundtracks out there. Script to Screen, only on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM, made to be heard.